Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Metallica turned into a circus actor. LA sucks. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? Don't fool with you. Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Yeah, you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt and smoking hash through the ground. There's all kinds of shit. Shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of women's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know. Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> see, he said there's me, but see, and there he is, right there. And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes. Singing along, fucking along, doing the something to fuck along. Here we go. Hey, this is Mike Mueller, also known as Met Fed Mike, and you're listening to and podcast for all. Back to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. And I'm Shane Obershaw that still is having throat issues. Oof, that's rough, man. Too much screaming like a little girl. Screaming, crying, emotions. We talked about this last week, Jeff. Uh, now I'm up in your neck of the woods. Maybe it's the it's those single digits going down my throat rather than the fixer pin being jabbed in last week. Yeah, this cold weather, it'll definitely dry you up. You know, when I'm talking all day long, by the end of the night, I start going, you know, and then people look at me like I'm spreading the the plague. Doesn't the average person say like 30,000 words a day? I bet with your driving job, you say about 50,000. Yeah, it's something like that. It's It's got to be, I, I could only imagine. You know what? They ought to make an app that it just, Every time you talk, it tracks every single word you say. There you go. That could be the next money-making scheme. Watch. I go on my app store, and I look it up, and it's probably already invented. Well, Elon and Google and Jeff Bezos probably just heard us talking about that through these fancy devices, so I give it about 14 days, and those will be out on the market. So let's market it before they do. It'll be the word tracker, word voice tracker, and next thing you know, it will be Bezos rich. We got to beat him to it. Speaking of Bezos, I got a Christmas bonus today. Jelly of the month. (laughs) I knew you were going there. (laughs) I got a gift card to Amazon. Oh, so you're going to give him some money. Hey, you know, I like Jeff Bezos. He's got a lot of money, you know, good for him. That's because you like the cock rocket uh, aviation experiment he's rolling in. If you had that kind of money, wouldn't you have a cock rocket too? I'd add some balls to the bottom of it. Yeah, just to give it some oomph. <laughs> a little extra, you know, afterburner. The boosters. 
It's just funny how all that Christmas bonus came through my email today from our company CEO. Every employee getting an Amazon gift card. I wasn't excited. The th- only thing I could think of was Jelly of the Month Club and Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss his ass, kiss his ass, happy Hanukkah, kiss my ass. That's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. It just dawned on me. Why don't we have him on as a guest? Yeah. Could we get Mr. Chevrolet Chase? <laughs> Clark W. Griswold Jr. Welcome to APFA. Yeah, exactly. I'm up in the Great White North. Uh, my voice is still recovering from the 40th. I'm still coming down from a high. How long does it take to come down from a high? Like four days of nonstop Metallica, four days nonstop partying, four days nonstop Metallica family anniversaries. You know, fixer, it might take a week. Trapped under ice. I still feel like I'm in this kind of floating phase where I'm, I haven't come back to reality and we're, we're going on over a week here. Maybe it's time to party it up on New Year's, keep the party rolling, you know what I mean? I might come to your house for that. You got some leftovers? <laughs> some leftovers. Hey, you know, <laughs> the, there's always something around. I got kids. I'm in a strange home. Mark this down. First time recording in Podcast for All episode in a kitchen. So you'll hear the refrigerator kick on every 11 minutes. There's also a dog in this home. And you can probably hear the nails on the wood floor so there's always first on a podcast for all even six seasons and 12 episodes in there's always firsts i think people like the ambiance of you christmas know, what's going on no i mean a like of what's going on of what's going on behind you you know if they hear a fridge they i don't know if anybody wants to listen to us like we sound like we're trapped in a box that's true you know, there's we got to create a little bit of space we have a lot of new listeners after half of our guitar picks landed in their hands uh, last weekend in San Francisco. We've gotten some... Think... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think everybody was happy about that? <laughs> no, because a lot of our, I shouldn't say a lot, a few of our listeners have <laughs> messaged us saying, uh, yeah, we scrambled for picks and we're pretty sure Metallica threw out in podcast for all picks in the scramble. I said, mm, I'm glad you think that, but they were thrown from behind you, you fools. You know what? You should have just let them roll with it. Let them think that James was out there repping Atfa. That's right. You know, after all, they did copy our our countdown for their set list as far as the format, the formula. It's only fair that they could rep us a little bit. I'm just going to roll with it and say those, those were James's picks. He was playing Apfa picks both nights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Apfa picks were playing Fixer and Dirty Window. That is an official fact. I'm judging, I'm jury, and I'm executioner too. Projector, protector, rejector, infector, projector, rejector, infector, infector. Call Loudwire, they'll fact check it. You know, call the <laughs> Facebook fact checkers. They're really good at their jobs. I think so. Anyway, we got some uh, we got some good mail this week. We didn't get any hate mail, just a couple question mails, people that are new to the show and podcasts for all about all you fans coming on the show, telling your Metallica story, driving the discussion, choosing the topics. And as we speak, the end voting for all just wrapped up. We were voting between the night one and the night two set list. We haven't even talked about night two, but we were so eager to get the vote out there. The polls have closed, Mr. Winslow. I think they turned out exactly as I anticipated. Night one, 73%. Night two, 27%. Mm -hmm. And when you go to our poll history, you can actually 
look at names who voted, it was kind of interesting who voted for night two. Care to share? Some Apple alumni, some diehards that have seen 100 plus shows, some celebrities that you and I know also voted for night two, and I found that kind of, not kind of, very interesting. Well, that that puts things into perspective, but I'm still going to have to go with night number one. I voted for one, too. 73%. Golf clap. I was just trying to golf clap, and then I realized I was holding the mic because I'm not at home where I have a microphone holder. Exactly. See, you're like that Anthrax song, you know, talking to you is like <laughs> clapping with one hand. <laughs> so my golf clap is the mic against the table. Oh, yep. You heard it. Bingo. Dude, I was listening to Anthrax earlier today. Indians. Yeah, dude. That's a badass song. Absolutely. Very underrated Anthrax song, I believe. Yeah, they have quite a few underrated songs, especially in the in the John Bush era. Do good sing. John Bush could have been the singer of Metallica. Think about that. He was better in Anthrax. <laughs> But just think about that. Think about think about Metallica as a five piece. James just playing rhythm guitar. James the Malcolm Young of the of the metal world. Yeah, you know that that's not too bad. That's James, not bad, the, but the Doc Coil of the wedding band. <laughs> just yeah, kind of off Doc to the side. Shred, though. Doc is an amazing shredder. I watched him the other night. But just think think of James not up front. Think of him kind of off to the side. Just maybe not even in the spotlight at all times, just riffing away in his own little world, and you don't know what he sounds like. You know, James probably would have liked that. It seems like he has a very kind of reserved personality. So I feel like he probably would have liked that, but, I mean, obviously there was no way that it would have worked out the way it did. Yeah, I don't think so. I did see John at the 30th get up and sing with them for the full version of Four Horsemen, and it was quite the sight, quite the sounds. It was cool. I forgot to bring up the news earlier. Did you see the picture of Mike Borden with Cliff's Donna the Dead shirt? I sure did. That was legendary to see that. It gave me goosebumps. I was I couldn't believe it. To see him holding that, it was surreal. And then to see uh, some of our friends and past guests like Aaron Ginther, Pete and Sarah holding it, that that was I want to get the guy on who had that shirt because it's like, holy cow, There's there's been some time there. Yeah, and it, how did he even get his hands on that shirt? Do I don't we know. know the story, or he just happened to come across it, found it at a at an estate sale. At a estate sale? Hey, <laughs> what's this? Oh, Metallica shirt in the garage sale for five bucks. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Maybe wear it a couple times. Why doesn't our crazy collector friend Brian Silver from Chicago have that? I mean, if you have the burn glove, True. you should have a, at least a real cliff shirt. Something. 
I think Brian maybe a, maybe a denim jean jacket, some bell bottoms. Brian is just a wannabe collector. <laughs> That's child's oh, play he, in his basement. Yeah, he's going to he's going to send in some some hate mail. He knows where to find us in podcastforall@gmail.com. Bring it, Brian. Send the hate instead of uh, strike out Steve the other week with our hate mail. What what could Brian's name be? Uh, let's see, bitch, Brian. Oh, that's. I think that's gonna stick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it, folks. I hung out with Brian this weekend or this past weekend. Good dude. Good dude. Had a lot of fun in the Bay Area. That's good. We that's went good. to the Ross Helfen photography exhibit. What would you call that? Like a photo hall? Kind of, uh, an, an art exhibit? An art gallery exhibit in a very rustic part of San Francisco in a brick worn down building. It was it was kind of an odd setting. So basically you got yourself drunk to numb the pain. <laughs> <laughs> And going for five point two million dollars, <laughs> and Lars looks like it's like a hard day at work. Like, oh, that was tough. It's like, oh man, you just made a lot of money. That's a good trivia question. When that auction closes, isn't it four point two or five point two million? When they're at uh, Christie's, I, I bet you Bob knows, but I which Bob? I don't know off the Bob O'Rourke, I'm sure he knows off the top of his head. Well, he's part, <laughs> of, the tri- he's part of the trivia dream team, so we got to refer to him for those numbers. So we get more cocktails? For you, sir, $260,000. $680,000. And selling at $5 million. <laughs> anyway, back to the Ross Helfen exhibit. On a scale of 1 to 10, this was one of the top things I wanted to do over the weekend for all the events they had going on. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, Jeff, I gave it about a 3. A 3? Wow. And you know, I get pretty excited over small stuff and thought it'd be pretty cool to check out a 3. That's that that's disappointing. Ross, you, you didn't live up to your word, man. 5... 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. F- I'm going to say 40 or 45 uh, pieces of his so-called art pictures that were on easels. Yeah. And of those 45, I can tell you right now, you've seen 43 of them. And they're for sale for $1,600. <laughs> See, that's what it, they're... That's what it was all about. They had That's a, why they put out all the ones you've seen because they're like, oh, people like these pictures. Now let's slap a ridiculous price tag on it because we're in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, let's sell it and make some money. I don't think it's San Francisco. I just think it's Ross Helfen's ego because these weren't originals. These were just copies and none of them were signed by him or the band. $1,600 for a black and white photo of things you and I have seen on Google 50,000 times. Yeah, I can look it up on my phone, bud. Not impressed. Basically, <laughs> there's one of Lars where he's leaning over the... This is a good trivia uh, portion, too. Remember, there's a difference in the Black Album Tour Kit when he has four rack toms and two rack toms. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of him leaning over the four rack toms era, but using the ahead Easton drumsticks. Wow. Because the Eastons didn't come in until, you know, 94-ish. Those are prototypes right. in that photo, I believe. 
And there's a picture of Kirk, James, and Jason. It looks like a Mexico City photo shoot with Ross, and James is holding a pitchfork towards the camera like he's going to stab you. How much was that one? Twenty eight hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so they had a QR code below each easel that you could scan. Yeah. Small prints about the size of your laptop were, I believe, eight hundred, and larger ones were sixteen hundred. Sorry, I'm out on that deal. But free shipping. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Th- through Amazon. Sign me up. Why wouldn't I buy now? Hey, if you can get me Prime two day free shipping, I'm in. I forgot last week to tell you all the friends I ran into at the bottle signing at this no-name liquor store for the bottle signed by all four and Rob Dietrich. Sarah and Pete, uh, Met fan Mike from Mascuda. <laughs> That's actually Larry Levine's impersonation of Mike. He does it a lot better than I do. That's awesome. Mike it was going around town and having an original copy of Johnny Got His Gun signed by every fan he met that weekend. Did you sign it? I did. I forged your name. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Now it's not worth anything. You just let the whole world know. Kirk the third. Love Jeff W. <laughs> Dino from Chicago was in line with me. Did you put Orion on? And this, keep in mind, this is before night one, and they played Orion on night one. And I said, dude, Orion's coming tonight. You know it. He's like, fuck that shit. Fuck this shit. Tell Jeff he's a pussy. This is fucking bullshit. well said my friend well said (laughs) and then we had a line cutter just because he recognized me and wanted to chat doesn't mean you get to cut off the other two people 200 people behind me but we 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 had a good time and i don't tell anyone i kind of snuck him in front of me so he was guaranteed a bottle mr jesse robson regina saskatchewan Ooh, see you're letting your secrets out man now you're gonna have a lot of angry apfa alumni i think he was buying a bottle for his daughter talica i mean if it's for the kids i mean we all we all know what jason said it's for the kids it's for the kids uh, amanda hefner minnesota militia representing your great state in the bay area yeah my great state woohoo as the current temperature on my computer says, 21 degrees. Edgar was the official photographer. Edgar Baradas from California is now working with Blackened and Rob Dietrich. Hmm. I wonder if you get free whiskey as the photo guy. Yeah, you know, hey, we're not going to pay you, but we're gonna we're gonna let you drink as much whiskey as you'd like. You see, you see that barrel over there? Just grab yourself a big old mug and call it a day. We're going to let you get inebriated on our dime. Thanks for the photos. We're going to make them worth a lot of money and never tell you about them. I said, welcome to a world of pure inebriation. Linda Thomas from Austria. Oh, yeah. That's a long haul. Wow. Guess, guess how tall Linda is. Is she short? I think she's under five feet. Oh, my goodness, yeah. She's like, Shane, Shane. She had a mask on, but from a distance, I'm like, that's got to be Linda. I was like, Linda, you you look like a giant when you won all those contests through Metallica. You look like a giant on a <laughs> podcast for all. Totally caught me off guard. I was like, wow. Like you're you're a, a smaller human being. On the other hand, uh, Chris Clark, the gentleman from Georgia who, remember, works in that cardboard liquor boxing oh yeah uh, company and also mows his lawn with the hit em all baseball cap yep yep i am not joking and i'm not exaggerating chris is nine feet nine inches jeff 
Oh, so he's a large mammal. So, <laughs> you say mammal? Mammal, yeah, exactly. So picture the height of a basketball rim, and that's where his head is. <laughs> that's how tall Chris is. It was unbelievable. There's a picture we took before Metallica went on night two, and I'm leaning up against him with my elbow, like trying to put my arm around his shoulder. Yeah. I look like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, like posing, trying to get my arm up that high and arching my back. Just like, hey, what's up? Hey, this is my buddy. He's Dude, he's tall. Chris is, Chris should be our, I mean, and Podcast for All has already gone viral, but pretty soon we're going to need bodyguards and the security team. I think Chris is the guy. Chris and Linda, bring it on. I think so. Our tallest and our shortest. I think so. <laughs> we got, We got quite the duo going on here. I like it. I ran into the St. Germany 273 chapter, and they were well represented last weekend. That's good. Were they were they pre gaming in the in the church? I got <laughs> the green church. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember. We need to go over to that man. That sounds so cool. I would love to see that place in real life. I met Michael. I met uh, Stefan, the drummer from Metallica. It's amazing. So far away, St. Germany has that many people coming to the Bay Area. It was well represented. They are no joke. Yeah, and you know, huge shout out to Metallica because I've seen videos of them, and they—they're the real deal. They're good. They're good. They're good. Give I've, them all the props. I've the never heard you give props to what is somewhat, you know, our competition. Yeah, no. Normally, I—I I mean, I—I'd I keep it private, you know. But them, I, I really have to give them a shout out because they do a really, really good job, and they're solid. Their production is—it's very good. And you know what? They're on the other side of the world, not saying that they're not going to come over here and play some shows, but I mean, they're killing it over there and, you know, we try to kill it over here. I told Stefan that I want to go to Germany and I want to play a show because he alternates between Lars's purple kit and the white black hardware black elm kit. Oh, I'm like, dude, I just got to play the 9192 drum solo on that kit to make it legit. Hey, you know what? We could go over, do a show with them. We'll do opposite sets. They Perfect. can come over here, do a show with us. We'll do opposite sets. We'll have a good time. I just got to sit down and go, do, 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 dot, do, 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 dot, dot, do, 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 dot, do. <laughs> ah, look at this shit. I think Metallica turned into a circus act, Germany. Exactly. Shane turned into a circus act. Here we go. Oh, I turned into a circus act years ago. Everyone knows that. Hey, it's more fun. I ran into one of our guests and Metallica heroes, Adam Dubin. Mr. Adam Dubin, legend. And without even thinking twice, he looked at me and said, where's Jeff? <laughs> oh, man, breaking my heart. Did you ever think as a child watching a year and a half every day after school, Adam Dubin would remember your name and just go, dude, where's Jeff at? I No, never. Mind-blowing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Our childhood... VHS home video hero Adam is asking where Jeff Winslow is. <laughs> That's a sign of making it right there. That's a great sign of it. Uh, I had a great chat with him, met up with him uh, the following day, and had an extra chat with him and spent more time with him than I thought I would. And dude, what a nice guy. What, what you see is what you get with him. He has been so so genuine in giving with his time with fans because the first time we met up was in the lobby people were bugging him chewing up his time asking him repeat questions and you know what he was grateful for all of us and took as much time as anyone needed to talk to him and it was it's just who he is great dude 
He's a real one, and you know, you don't come across them too often, so. No, you don't. Do you want to get in the night, too? Yeah, yeah, let's go through this set. I have okay. a few few things. I also have my synopsis of how I feel about this whole weekend. I think. Synopsis, you know, maybe, that's a big word. You're a pilot. You should know these big words. No, I know. Stop, go, up, down, beverage, call light, seatbelt sign. <laughs> I'm, I'm having deja vu. I feel like we went over this I think we before did a on weeks another ago. episode talking about vocabulary. I think so. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, Night two, I definitely have some. I, I liked last week how you had insight because you watched it on the stream. And watching it on the stream is a lot different than live. And there was there was pros and cons to both sides. Obviously, more pros of being there because of the intensity, the sound, the the fan interaction, and just the overall experience. But obviously, you know, being at home and and not having to run around, and I mean, it's I'm sure it was an absolute crazy weekend. There there was that benefit, but the sound obviously, you know, wasn't as good. But we heard certain things that maybe the people in the arena didn't, and that true for us. You know, it's it's a good and a bad thing. It's good because you get to hear the natural the natural sound, but it's also bad because there were some bad things. True. I'm gonna kick off night two with some behind the scenes detail. All right, let's hear it. The did we talk about Dean Del Rey and the DJ last week? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I no. don't know how was that on the live feed? No, I didn't see anything. Thank God. No. Because it it wasn't good. I would say if you averaged out on a scale of 1 to 10 about what all of us thought of Jim Brewer, I would say it was about a 7 to an 8 collectively, okay? Oh, yeah, Brewer's funny. 7 or 8. I would give Brewer like an 8 from what I saw on that tour. Yeah, I liked what I saw. No joke, Jeff. I would give Dean, and I don't mean to rag on him or really throw this in his face, I'd give him a 2. It was it was not good, and he was getting at booed least he by didn't give him a zero. No, he was getting booed by the end of night one. It was it was it was bad. He had nothing planned. He had no set list. He just walked around and pointed at people and said, "Hey, where are you from?" And then he decided to get political on night two. Yeah, I mean you're in San Francisco, so it's gonna go one way, and that's that's about it. Well, whether you're from San Francisco or Texas or Ohio or Maine or Pluto. Don't get political at a rock concert. Dude, you're here to open up for the biggest band. Have some fun. Bring some people up. Get people involved. Don't, uh, I'm out here for four days enjoying Metallica, you know, not listening to CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and reading bullshit on the internet. The, my my question is, is why did they do a DJ I know. In, a, in a fucking comic? Like, I know. Why not just... It was terrible. Why not have a couple of bands? Why not have Rob's son's band i mean hell that would have been better than that that's what we said we went to the the night off saturday to auto taipei and uh bastardane any of those bands would have been more entertaining than what del rey did for they should have just had the wedding band open up that would have been solid kirk and rob could go up i mean if they can go jam after the show they can jam before the show you know that white sg that kirk was using at wedding love that guitar and he used it on Whiplash Night 2. Mm-hmm. Great guitar. Guess whose actual SG that was. Was it Doc's? The actual Les Paul. Whoa. That was Les Paul's... SG. <laughs> SG. Wow. <laughs> to, to break and it Kirk down. Is, Kirk has got some fucking guitars, man. 
that's quite the quite the SG to own. I've never seen it yeah. before. I sat at Wedding Band, and the next day, Whiplash, and I'm like, is this is this a regular repertoire? But through a friend of a friend, I learned today that that is that was Mr. Les Paul's. Dude, that's legendary. I think that Kirk should start bringing out some of these these rare guitars. Like, yeah, as they get older and get closer to retirement, he, he should start bringing out the the old Gibsons, the old Fenders, and just bring out all these random guitars. I mean, he's been playing his ESPs long enough. Now it's time to just fuck around and have a good time. Did I tell you that the CEO of Gibson joined them for a wedding band song? Really? And he has the replica version of Greeny. They were both playing a Greeny, so I think that's going to be available to us soon. Oh, fuck. It's going to be so expensive. <laughs> I'm guessing 15 well, so this is the this is the thing. Is it going to be released as because you know obviously Green Greeny is Peter Green, right? Is it going to be Kirk or Peter? <laughs> exactly. So is it going to be a Kirk Hammett signature, Peter Green signature? <laughs> Who else? I think someone didn't uh, Joe Walsh or someone own it too. I don't. I don't remember. Someone else owned it too, and it's a Les Paul, which is I mean right. arguably the original signature guitar. But still, is it going to be a Kirk Hammett, Peter Green, Les Paul? <laughs> Peter Chris. Peter Chris. <laughs> the Catman, Les Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like that would ever happen. You know. Why is a yellow guitar called green? Just think about that. Because of P- Peter Green's last name. I know, but not many people know Peter Green. So I've, I've heard that question a lot. Why the fuck? Well, do I mean, a lot of people in music do, but not maybe well, yeah. in, the, in the mainstream. I'm guessing that's going to be a $15,000 Kirk Hammett signature guitar. You know Kirk's name's got to be on that or else you're not going to get fifteen grand. But the CEO is jamming it. They're going to they're gonna piss off a lot of old school rock fans by putting Kirk Hammett's name on, a, on Peter Green's Les Paul. They are, but knowing how this is going to go, I think that's how it's, it's going to be released. And Gibson, they I love them to death. They're arguably my favorite guitar company, but God, they overcharge for everything too. I get it. It's it's ridiculous. You see that coming out as an Epiphone or no? Uh, maybe it depends. Let's see how it looks as a Gibson because I mean, obviously, obviously, if it's like a relic version, I saw it then. No, I don't see them doing an Epiphone version. It'll be a very limited, you know, maybe 25 of them made. Okay. My guess, if it's it's something, like you said, it looks that close to the original, it'll be like 25 or 50 of them, maybe 100 tops. If there's 25, then it's going to be $25,000 Axe. You're just upping the price by this limited edition, bro. 15 grand is a lot of money for guitar, though. That's like a night at Kevin McAllister's house. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> All right, dude. Night two. Oh, with the wet bandits. Oh, exactly. Too bad they didn't pick up our phone call the other day. Yeah, they should have. Losers. <laughs> night two, I walk into the... Speaking of tall people, just not Chris Clark, another tall dude, one of our OG guests, Jay Middleton from the Pacific Northwest is a long, oh, yeah. tall drink of water dude. He looks like a hockey player. Uh, yeah, well, and he's always posting about, what is it, the Seattle Kraken? The crackheads. He probably does like playing hockey. I think so. 
Jay, it was good to see you, man. We were we were going opposite directions and cross paths, but I saw him and I'm like, oh, you're about two feet taller than I thought you were, just like Chris Clark. And everybody's probably thinking that too, like, oh man, Shane, he's he's a lot shorter than Shane, I thought he's he was a gonna midget. Be. He talks a lot of he's shit a for a short motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, little people. Yeah, we're like the same height. <laughs> yeah, little people. We're little people now. <laughs> All right, dude, let's jump into night two. Uh, the Del Rey and the DJ clear the stage finally. And, you know, the house lights aren't on, but the stage is lit up and there's there's pictures and some mm-hmm. small lighting, like kind of like the exit row and the aisle lights of the arena are still on so people can find their seats, whatnot. There was an incident, wasn't there? There was, and it wasn't a small incident. I was I, w- I was very concerned for my safety. Were you? The, Did you say, I don't think that's fucking safe? <laughs> I don't think that's fucking safe. And I'm saying it right now. I'm putting it on the record. I don't think that's fucking safe. The entire <laughs> Chase Center lights up with house lights, very bright white halogen, like the start of an NBA game is about to happen, like courtside lighting kind of bright. Oh, yeah, making sure you can see every motherfucker in there. Right, and the lights come on, and everyone looks around like, what the fuck is this? It's This is the point where everyone's kind of waiting for ACDC long way to the top to kick in. And it goes, catch my drift. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I definitely know what's going on here. You know the <laughs> the LED kind of ticker tape scoreboards that go around the bowl of the building? Mm-hmm. In red letters, a fire has been detected. Please evacuate the arena immediately. Oh, boy. And how many people actually evacuated? Keep in mind, everyone is seated, ready to go. It's like, it's full. The floor's full. The seats are full. Everyone is just waiting for the lights to go down and, you know, it's showtime. Then this computer voice comes over the the Chase Center kind of PA. There has been, it's a female voice, there's been a fire detected. Please find your nearest exit and leave the building immediately. 18,000 people in unison could be heard saying, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking about if they clear this place out, it's going to take four hours to get back in, rescreened, COVID screened, and and back to business here. I'm like, night two could easily be canceled and we're fucked. Oh, yeah, easily. 18,000 people have to clear out and then come back in. Yeah, good luck, everyone. And it was Sunday night, so there's probably... That's a cur- why they get there so early. Yeah, there's probably a curfew. And then I'm thinking, think of the people that lined up 20 hours in advance to get on the rail, and now they're going to lose their spot. <laughs> well, better luck next year. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you at the 50th. Yeah, exactly. I turned to a couple people. I said, this roof could be caving in with some small flames visible. No one's leaving this building right now. Yeah, I've seen some videos. It didn't look like very many people left. I looked up in like the lower bowl, some of the upper deck. You could see maybe a dozen people going to the exits. But I was thinking, not only the 40th, just a regular concert. No one's gonna fucking leave. You know it's you know it's some false alarm in the bathroom with someone smoking or something stupid. It's nothing big. Well, and if it gets really bad, then I mean you'll know. You'll know because then you'll have fucking security that's you know yeah on the ba- on the on the rail there where the barriers are. They'll all come up and start being like, "Get the fuck out of here!" You yeah. know what I mean? Like they'll they'll send people in if the scoreboard's not hanging by a wire dangling above everyone's head. You know, totally engulfed. I'm good. 
as Ricky would say, the flames were golfing, golfing over there and golfing over there. <laughs> NASA, it's NASA. It's NASA. Space people. You know, space. You've been there before? All right, dude, let's get down to it. The I feel like we just are playing catch up with things that we forgot. Kind of like last week, hit the lights. I never realized until someone posted it that hit the lights opened with a tape. First time ever. Yeah, I know. That's so weird. Visuals and kill them all tapes. Who would have thought? Who would have thought kill them all would ever have a tape? They do a lot of tapes now. They like taping shit. Well, when you and I play live, you like tapes too, because that means a little, you know, drinky poo. They're they're adding too many. Opening with hardwired. Now we're going from current day back to the beginning. Reverse order night two. Did you like that? Yes, yes. It was ingenious to say the least. You liked hardwired hardwired as an opener. Yeah, I think it's a great opener. It is, but I was disappointed. Well, just because you've heard it so many times as the opener. We only get 16 songs, and you're going to make one of those three-minute songs? Come on, man. It would have been interesting. They should have done... They should have just told you fucked with everyone. <laughs> Atlas right into end of the line. Now imagine those two. That... Well, a couple weeks ago when you and I talked about our unnamed, underrated, and unknown tunes, Outlaw tunes. Both of, both of those were in there. Yeah, think of that. When you think of their openers over the years, Hardwired might be in the top three as a, yeah. as a show opener. The way it builds, the way there's a tape, it's 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 a good opener. It's a good opener, but I mean, just imagine ecstasy ending and just... Right into dan 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 I mean, people would lose their fucking minds. I'd be, I'd be pretty excited for that. Think of their openers that's over the, the that, years. That, that's the type of set I wanted to hear. Like, I, I, I I'm too. not super disappointed, but like, I just wanted to hear some obscure shit. Like, come out and open up with the Judas Kiss or just something stupid like that. Like, just do something. An absolute that, like left field surprise. Yeah, that absolutely nobody would expect. I mean. Both of their openers for the 40th anniversary were not surprising openers. They've used no. both of them so many times. I will say, as they hung hardwired and we realized the order they were going in reverse, I turned to a couple people and I said, end of the line. I'm putting money on it. End of the line. Here we go. Right here. End of the line. Hey, I'm glad they did it. I'm like, fuck yeah. The, you're, dude, like, you're like, pay me, bitches. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I looked at Chris Clark. I'm like, where's my five bucks, motherfucker? <laughs> dude, you in looked how many... up at him, you mean? Say again? I said, you looked up at him. I looked way up at him <laughs> and say, oh, you could kick my ass. I, I, you don't need to pay me. <laughs> we'll call it square. How many times, Jeff, have you talked about end of the line in that second slot of how powerful that is? Oh, it's easily one of the best songs you could ever put in the second slot next to in my opinion atlas is i mean that's a great song but end of the line is even better end of the line was played well great memories of the death magnetic tour it just it brought me right back to those shows i saw because they used to open up with that was just your life remember that whole song was on a dark stage with just lasers yeah and think about that that was just your life long song the end of the line long song think about how long those first two songs were like that was about some 12 serious minutes. <laughs> they I, I one thing i will say with death magnetic they were on a fucking mission with that record and that tour they yes. wanted to prove that they could they could really hang still you know what i mean and accomplished it and accomplished it well i mean yes 
the the hardwired tour wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything compared to what Death Magnetic was. The speed, the intensity, the just everything. You've just reached the, the end of the line. Even that bridge is powerful. The clean part. Yeah, it's classic Metallica. You know, let let the note ring out, go into a nice little clean thing. Yep. Solo. I mean, it's classic Metallica formula. The slave becomes Jeff Winslow's master. <laughs> How did it sound on the stream? I thought it sounded pretty good. Okay. I thought the the songs that they picked night two definitely sounded better because more of the songs they play on a regular basis. Um, and then I felt like some of the, you know, the rare songs like like Dirty Window. That's what we're getting some to fuck next. ups here and there, but it it's it sounded it sounded good. How pumped were you when they kicked into Window? I was happy. I was hoping for my world, but I, was I, too. I you know. But I thought that was really far fetched. I know they did play My World was a, a couple times way back. I don't know exactly the count on it, but I know they've played that one before. So I, don't I was pumped, but also I think that, yeah, they played it back in the Saint Anger era. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can almost. I have to fact check this. They played quite a few songs. I have to, songs call, I have to off, call CNN. They played quite a few songs off that record. I feel like the only ones they didn't play live were Hands Purify, My World. Hang on, we're getting there. It was on a set list one time as an audible, and it never happened. I hate to burst your discussion, but zero. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. It has been on a set list before, and it wasn't like an audible. I remember O'Rourke told me that. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. I could have swore that it had been played at least once. Maybe Invisible mm. Kid. I mean, either Sweet way, Amber. though. I mean, it was I it was, it was cool. Amber. It was cool to hear it, and they played it fairly well. I just I feel like I feel like even though that song is kind of fast and whatnot, like there, there's not as much thinking going on in that as a song like Fixer. You know what I mean? Fixer is not a tough song, but it's a long song, and there's. There's kind of a, a lot going on there. When you hear, Dirt, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, "Dirty Windows" for the most part a pretty straightforward song. When I heard, obviously, when I heard, I was pumped as hell. I have a funny story about a fan from Sweden that asked where you were during that song. Anyway, <laughs> it's a great story. When the snare's on and it's loud in a live setting, that song is fucking good. Da, 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 da. Dude, um. You know, even kind of the cheesy, I'm judging, I'm jury, and I'm executioner. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, it's dun, heavy. Dun, dun. The whole fucking chunky. building is shaking during those parts. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can listen to that in your car and go, yeah, it's a little weak. But, dude, when you turn the snare on and they're, they got that live energy going, that song is nothing to fuck with. There's quite a few songs off that record that if they brought them back into rotation, I'm not saying play like two or three songs off that record per night, but just every once in a while, just bring a different one in. I feel like now it's at that point now that St. Anger has, has been out long enough. People have hated on it long enough that I've, I'm going to make a prediction. I feel like as we get close. Ooh, write this down, people. The, the 20 years of that album being out and the fact that they have slowly but surely the last few years started bringing a couple songs in here and there. I feel like there's going to be 
a new appreciation for that record. I think it's kind of begun already. Yeah, I think people are going to start seeing that, hey, you know what? Maybe it's it's not their quote-unquote greatest record. It's, you know, a throwaway record. But I feel like people are going to start finding that it's not as bad as they originally thought. Because I think the initial shock of what that record was is what turned everybody away from it and kept them turned away from it for so long. But now it's like... I agree. It's like one of those bad decisions you make. It's like, now it's been long enough. Let it go. <laughs> It's like one of those big girls you bring home from the bar and you're just like, oh, this is not a good idea. And then 20 years later, it's like, I kind of miss her. You're like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe that was a little fun, you know? Took one for the team, you know? <laughs> you know what? Got a little flat flap in after there. Se- <laughs> after second thought, Heidi wasn't so bad. <laughs> I was a Heidi. Yeah, something like that. Back to St. Anger style, just like Frantic has a little improv solo what do you think of Kirk's solo in that little four, maybe eight bar measure of window? It makes me wonder what that record would have sounded like had they originally done that. With wah. <laughs> like, just imagine that solo, or that, that solo, that record, with a couple solos and the snare turned on, and that's it. That's the only changes. Yeah. I know he's improv and just like he's improv on Frantic, but just a little... Just a little Kirk style lick in there. It's like, oh, that's that's a little that's a little extra juice in there. It works, and you know what? This is coming from a diehard Saint Anger fan. It almost breaks it up a little bit to where it like, you know, there's just a lot of this low end chunk going on throughout the record. Kind of just breaks it up to, you know, something fresh for the ears to hear. Now onto the gentleman from Sweden who recognized who I was. I've never met him before. He came up to me during window. Are you ready for this, Jeff? Make sure you got your seatbelt on in your in your seat tonight because it's going to blow you away. I'll, I'll go get my guitar strap and buckle up. Yeah, you need a five-point harness in your studio chair there. <laughs> this gentleman from Sweden, he had a Sweden uh, white Met Club hoodie on. As Dirty Windows, about 30 seconds in the song, it says, Oh, Jeff, I have a song for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that not amazing? He definitely has been listening. Kudos. That that man deserves a golf clap. And a mic against the table clap. Hey, you know, close enough. Tomato, tomato. Dude, this this guy, I, I think I've been in contact with him. Uh, we need to get him on the show. When someone I from think... Sweden knows about, oh, Jeff, it's time for a St. Anger slot. We've, we've changed the world, Jeff. We have arrived. We're changing the world one episode at a time. Good dude. We got to have him on. Absolutely. If you're listening, send a message to us, text us, whatever you got to do. We want you on, dude. I never thought that I would see something on a set list say, disappear tape. A tape. A lot of tapes. Disappear. A lot of tapes. See? Great videos of like the desert they shot the video in, but do you really need a tape for disappear? I, f- I felt that should have kind of window should have hung into disappear, even though there's a guitar change. Oh, that makes sense. You got to get rid of that red Les Paul and get the the mummy back on. You you don't want just a bunch of downtime, even though you got 18,000 people screaming. There's no such thing as downtime. But still, I mean, it makes sense. But disappear. I was happy to hear that, of course. I'm sure you know that I was excited for that. I was, too. You know, when disappear came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. It was an odd time. But when you think of how much disappear has meant to Metallica's history because of Napster, because of that whole kind of 
shitty years in there. That's a monumental song when you look back at 40 years. I think that's why it was it's in there. My, it's one of my favorite. I think that was in there because it's powerful live, and it's weird to think that a simple, weird, pretty much a movie soundtrack song is big in their 40-year history. It's because the thing is, is Metallica overall, and I'm sure there's going to be fans that disagree with me, but they don't have songs that have quote-unquote catchy choruses or like sing-along choruses. That song is a chorus that's that has that catchy kind of sound to it. You know, they're a thrash metal band. They're not here to write catchy music. What part of, like, sing it, what part do you consider catchy? Just the chorus part. The chorus of I Disappear. It has a much more... Do you bury me when I'm gone part or the hey, 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 hey? Yeah, well, that's the verse. Yeah, well, the chorus. Well, I had to specify here. Metallica sometimes changes that shit around. Hey, yes. It's the <laughs> chorus. It's just the the melody line, you know what I mean? It has it has much more of a, a I don't even want to say sing along, but it just has this this catchier vibe. It's not, you know, I mean, you listen to the chorus of, you know, battery, that that's not catchy. I mean, the song's heavy and everyone loves it, but it's not catchy. It's Shane doesn't love metal. It. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You, exactly <laughs> battery dead nothing positive about it a, a battery car that's a good point maybe when my car dies i'll name it battery so when the whole thing goes to sleep it's it just brings battery with it to the to the grave until it sleeps <laughs> <laughs> disappear into the cover song of the night did not expect am i evil yeah, full version too. Full version caught seventeen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine people off guard out of eighteen thousand when he goes into that drum roll when it you know goes into the double time part. Da 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 da. We're all like, holy fuck! It's been a while since we've heard that. Yeah, I I wouldn't have expected it, and I didn't expect it. They played it very well. Sound good at home? They did. Yeah, that one that one was solid. That it was, was good. Dude, that was so good. It makes you realize how long the full version is. That you know, the short version up to the bridge is three, three and a half minutes. Yeah, I like just playing, you know, like the ninety second version. Then okay, hardwired line window disappear evil. I was feeling really fucking good up until this point. To the point I mean you got to remember the night before trap fixer bread fan. I was fucking kill me. I'm surprised now. you even went tonight too. After I am that. too. Some people said, Shane, why are you even going tonight? You're, you're trap fixer bread fan. You're not going to top that for yourself. You I pretty said, much said that if you had heard those songs, you weren't, you, you were just going to fly home. You're like, I'll just, I'll be done. I'm heading for the exits <clears throat> and hanging it up, hanging up the Metallica career. I mean, that could still happen. We end evil. Everyone's like, dude, this night's got potential. Fortune, fame, mirror vein, gone insane, but the energy in the building dissipates. Yeah, that's... Everyone was like, oh, there was a big groan during that. They did it because they wanted everyone to sing along with it, but it's like, you know, it's not going to get any better than it was for full Arsenal, so... No, or S&M too. Exactly. So why even do that song? Nobody wants to hear that fucking overplayed radio hit. Jeff Little went to take a piss when memory started. 
I probably would have too. I would have been like, all right, Shane, I'll be back in a little bit. I'll be back in five minutes, bro. Memory hangs into fuel. I like hearing fuel. I, I, I never get upset when that song comes on, overplayed or not. That's really? one of the that's one of the mainstays that doesn't bother me. It's got good pyro, but I'm tired of hearing it. Again, it's another song that actually has a semi catchy chorus. Well, yeah, it's what a huge staple of their forty years, but dude, we just got done playing line window in the full version of evil and now we need fuel come on i i would have said axe memory have fuel in there i okay okay i'd rather i'd rather hear fuel over memory and i'm sure you probably would agree too fuel over yes any day in a live setting especially yes but just like the night before with one sad and nothing a lot of people were getting nervous Still would rather hear Fuel over all those songs, too. Over one? <laughs> yes. Over Nothing Else Matters. All the, all day. Dude, Nothing Else Matters is a great song, but it's just... Jeff, it's the greatest song of all time, according to Elton John. Yeah. I think Nothing <laughs> Else and Sad are just kind of boring. That's all. The only reason I listen to Nothing Else Matters is to get to the end solo. The last 40 seconds. The, that's the best part of the song. I agree. It's actually one of Metallica's best solos. One of the it's best not even solos done by Kirk. And Jeff's in a hurry to get it over with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, if it comes on, maybe I'll just fast forward. I listen to Darius Rucker's version in full, but that's because it's different. I haven't heard it nine million times. That's true. You love those James solos. I do. I think James is such Very. an underrated solo soloist. I, I would love. I'd love to hear him do more solos on Metallica's records. In fact, their last record, which will most likely be their next one i think he should do all the solos well kirk doesn't even need to show up and he can lose his phone in antarctica again kirk james can do all the rhythm and the solos or or kirk can come in and lay down all the rhythm uh well i mean james is alternate picking now so are you are you ever going to be happy no i'm not happy i'm just i'm sad (laughs) but true (laughs) i'm sad because it's reality is setting in like this guy doesn't want he doesn't need to down pick like he used to you know and it's just it's sad because i admire that my rhythm everything that i do rhythm wise is is influenced by james hutfield you know i digging in and just really getting after and just seeing him just kind of kind of just you know strum about it just it, it it's not that he doesn't care i know it's not that it's just that he, he doesn't need to anymore you know what i mean you're making it sound like it's all depressing but i still it's saw, not i saw some serious fucking down picking like a machine i'm not it's not all depressing it's not all depressing just moments where you're like dude that should all be down picked what are you doing exactly that's that's all it is i'm not i'm not dogging it by any means i'm just because when know, i'm watching him play lights and creep it's the fucking real deal well, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's still the master of riffs, always will be. I mean, that's fucking pop ahead, riff life. But I'm sorry if I people are feeling depressed at this point. No, I'm you're being different. honest in Podcast for All. All honesty and facts and details that people yearn for. Well, I also think it's things that people may think but might not want to say because they, you know, the the diehard fan next to them might be like, "Oh, well, now you're a fair weather fan because you're you're dogging on them." You know, I I don't think that. I think being honest is better than being in denial. You know, like no, like like denial. Motley Crue fans. No, I'm not saying you are. I'm talking about like 
you know, when you get to that point, I mean, come on, there's hardcore Vince Neil fans that are going to say that he still sounds great. We all know he does not. Awful. And Paul Stanley's getting there. And Paul's getting there too. So, and like I said, it's, I think it's as a real fan, you're supposed to be honest and not, not be in denial about something just because you love them. You know what I mean? It was hard for me to admit a few weeks ago that Lars was getting a little light and sloppy on damage ink. And then this weekend he came out playing like it was oh, dude, 1989. He, he was hitting so much harder than he has been recently. He it was so nice to, to see. He doesn't have anything to prove. He's fucking Lars Ulrich. He ain't got nothing to prove anymore, but maybe to himself. I still but. think he wants to prove to himself that he's he is on top and this is his baby and you can't fuck with that. Well, I mean, Metallica will, until the day they retire, even after they retire, they'll always be on top. They'll never be another another band that does what they do. Not even a metal band. They'll just There's not another band that will do and accomplish what that band has done. Taipei Houston. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of the DJ's name that opened up for him. That guy, he's Lord. going somewhere. Oh, yeah, DJ Lord. I was thinking DJ Snake for some reason. Snakes, snakes. I don't know any snakes. <laughs> I don't know any snakes. <laughs> A highlight for me, Fuel Goes Into Bleeding Me. Big highlight. Because, you know what's, Huge you know song. what's surprising? His voice sounded better on that than it did on Fixer, and he actually sings higher on Bleeding Me than he does Fixer. I think Bleeding Me is still so close and significant to him lyrically right that yeah. he it's kind of like a fade with him he pours his heart into that song he puts everything into it yeah. and then correct me if i'm wrong you probably heard it better than i did on the stream but he had some kind of like emotional heartfelt banter after they played bleeding i believe yeah he was i don't remember exactly what he said but yes he was something about that song still moves me you know 25 years later mm-hmm. yeah and i mean hell it's i think it moves all of us touching pretty touching moment it's a very deep track and i I, you know i figured it was the least they could do you know obviously i didn't think they were going to bring out outlaw because i'm glad they didn't i wanted bleeding yeah in that setting bleeding all day bleeding needs to be in that kind of setting outlaw keep it with the orchestra powerful that that middle part shakes the building dude when that thing kicks in, that got doom, got 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 cha cha. That yep. place is just the place was electric, and I saw some people getting emotional. I thought that song. I mean, like I said, I I definitely think that one it, it topped Fixer, and I I thought it sounded it sounded good. Top like Fixer. They had, as far as how it sounded. Oh, how like they if, performed it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it sounded good. Night 2 definitely sounded better. Yeah, they had it more dialed in. Yeah. Bleeding Me ends, and I'm like, okay, onto the Black Album. Wasting My Hate comes out of nowhere. That was a surprise. I was like, that fucking. That was a big surprise. After that fuel, that, uh, fuel memory kind of you know derail, Bleeding and Hate, I'm like, okay, we're back on track. We're doing good. Yeah, but unfortunately, after Hate, I feel like everything just... That's where it, it all derailed. It turned into a, with the exception. Hang on. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I have a drummer topic about wasting my hate. Oh, yeah. Not an easy song to play. Really? The Tom Phils are 
cut up. And as you wrap around the snare, tom one, tom two, tom three, you, the usual sticking pattern with your hands is right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Usually when you yeah. end a fill, you end on your left hand and come down on a crash cymbal on the downbeat with your right. All those fills in Wasting to My Hate end on your right hand. So you have to get your right hand from tom three to a crash cymbal in fucking nanoseconds. Like, yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, and I think that's the reason that they've only played it 30, 40, 50 times. Because Lars said, are you sure I don't have to play it again? Sure, I don't have to play it again. Yeah, sure. It's weird because I know he loves that era to play, but I can see why he doesn't like playing that song. Watch that the song, videos. Watch when he does Tom fills and he has to get to a crash of how it's a struggle with his right hand. That song has got some good power. I don't know why they never brought that song back. And it's short. That's another short song. It's under like four minutes, I think. Yeah, it's a good, just straightforward rocking song. Love it. That surprised me. I thought that was a Black Album slot. I was happy with the first Black Album slot they picked. Unforgiven? Yeah. Okay. I was happy with that. Uh, a big groan came from the crowd from our area. I'm sure. I'm sure because all of you guys have seen that song so many dang times. I'm sure you were probably hoping for like misery or something. <laughs> 80 or 90 times? 80 or 90 times? It's too many times. Of the songs, they, I mean, I would, I would, I'd pick that one over Rome. I know I picked Rome over Sad. But oh, I picked Rome over, or sorry, I picked Unforgiven over a lot of things. It was just like, oh boy, here we go into the hits as we close out the night. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, I, I actually after, after the next song, I ended up turning it. Uh, I didn't finish watching it. <laughs> no shit. After Unforgiven was over, and then was it Sandman next? I was like, uh. Wow, Jeff also, tuned in early, turned in early. Well, we also got to remember two hours, two hours ahead of you. The like first concert, the first, it was like, yeah, it was like one. And I did have to get up, you know, in the morning, Monday morning still. So I was like, and at the point when Sandman kicked in, I was already, you know, I was starting to get tired. I'm like, right. eh. Because they put the streaming back on so you can like watch it until I think it's like December 27th. So I ended up watching the rest of it. So I have seen it. but. Right. Of that night, I ended up not finishing it the first night. Unforgiven goes into Sandman, and next to our buddy who said, Oh, Jeff, I have a St. Anger song for you. This is the funniest part of the weekend. <laughs> Enter Sandman starts. Yeah. Jeff Little from To Live Is To DFW is standing behind me. Yeah. And he's like, fuck this shit. God damn it. I knew they were going to fucking play these hits on the second night, closing out the night. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> and we talked a lot about Sam Gray last week. Yeah. Sam and Jeff did not make the show, so I believe you two kind of texted back and forth over the weekend while the stream was going down. We were. I told Little to come forward. I FaceTimed Sam live as Sandman's going down. The video, what does it say? FaceTime is connecting? Yeah. He is on his toilet with his pants around his ankles, smiling at Jeff Little and I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam, you are you are definitely. I don't know the if that was staged our... or not, but could you be on 
the toilet with your pants around your ankles at any better time and actually answer the FaceTime call knowing that Sandman's going down in San Francisco as we speak. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Jeff Little was in tears. I was laughing my ass off. We hung up the phone, and he says, was that not fitting for where we are in this set list right now? (laughs) Oh, God, that's perfect. You could not have planned that any better. I laughed for probably the i don't remember much about sandman because little and i were just absolutely you guys were laughing so much <laughs> absolutely keeled over laughing our fucking ass off i was gonna say i'm surprised he didn't answer you were gonna say you know call connected and as soon as he heard it call ended he just immediately just hangs back up <laughs> uh he knew what was going on so whether it was staged or it just happened to be that time in the set where he decided to go to the bathroom it was that was well put for a diehard scene sandman played at the 40th Oh man, that's great. <laughs> and over the last 21 weeks, you basically called that. You said, they're going to play Sandman. I just know they're going to. I knew they were going to at least one of the nights. Yeah, I hear you. The Injustice for All slot, we're all going, come on, Freight Ends. Come on, Justice. Come on, Dyer's Eve. A couple people saying, to live is to die. Got to do, got to do, got to cha. Got to do, got to Surprise, surprise. I was like, the the night is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Harvester gets played every three or four shows, I would say. When yeah, you, Harvester is not a rare song by any means. Every four shows, every four nights you hear Mr. Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. Lars is not playing that intro like it goes anymore have you noticed this yeah it did sound a little bit different instead of a flam on the snare and then a right left up on the toms he's just he's using his right hand on the floor tom and his left hand on the snare only (laughs) i gotta put the mic down he's doing this that doesn't make any sense. You have to get those dynamic rack toms in there. It's not all snare and floor tom, so he's not accenting those toms anymore. So if you watch it, Lars play Harvester. It's all Harvester, snare and floor tom now. That's what it is, and I don't know if it's like a a fatigue thing or he thinks it sounds better, but it doesn't. So if you watch the last, I've noticed this too at like hard or hardwired, after, <laughs> after shock and like louder than life, Yeah, the, the way he sticks that and where he puts those notes, it's, it's not how it was for the last, you know, three decades. Still a badass song, but I just when you're not worth three hundred million dollars, you can just play up. <laughs> you can play on the floor tom a little bit. <laughs> Have Miles come and play it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, Miles and and Ty they they can come over and replay. Well, Rob doesn't need to be replaced. Rob's doing just fine. Rob's doing great. Rob's been. Oh, Rob was on both shows. I mean, and that was another nice thing about the live stream. You could hear the bass so well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There was Monstrous. no injustice for all going on in there. You could hear it clanking, and it just... There was actually a moment... Fuck, what's... I wish I would have... I think it was night one. Yeah, Rob's playing, and he full-on is just slapping it. Like, he wasn't even, f- like, finger-picking like he normally does. He was just slapping it. You could hear it through... Just thrashing. It was just blah, 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 blah. And I was like, holy fuck, you can really hear that bass just clanking away. Good. It was awesome. You know, I I realized, I've I've said this 50 times before, how underrated he is and how much of a monster he is when I saw him with the wedding band. I think he's underrated nowadays. Up in the mix in the wedding band. He is 
dude, that room was all Rob. Just it, it was thundering, and you don't get to see what he's capable of capable of in Metallica night after night. Exactly. He's underrated nowadays. When he joined Metallica, all of the 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 true bass p- players, you know, you know, all those, they were all, you know, they understood why he did it, you know, obviously for the money and all that stuff, but they were all very disappointed because of his skill set not being able to be fully used like he was able to really, you know, shine in suicidal tendencies or infectious grooves. I think nowadays it's because he's he's been in Metallica for so long. I mean, hell, he's Fuck, he's their longest reigning bass player now. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, people know him as the guy from Metallica now. He he's not he's not Rob Trujillo, that that crazy bass player that everyone associated with infectious grooves back then. He, he's the dude from Metallica, you know what I mean? But that's okay. That's okay because that's okay to say that. It's okay to say you're the dude from Metallica. It's okay, but in Metallica, you you don't see him like how I saw him in the wedding band at the front of the stage, getting all the attention and being way up in the mix and playing songs that are very bass driven. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, the bass and the drums are actually the ones right. driving the music. Like, you know, it's music is James supposed to be right hand. Exactly. And when you and I see Rob and know what he's capable of, we only see him shine for, you know, 11 seconds during end of the line in that little bass part in spit out the bone. Yeah, you don't get to see a lot of his true abilities, but it's okay. It's it's like Robbie Merrill from Godsmack. The dude literally sits there and just strums on that top string for most of the time. In that Changes DVD, they show him on the stage doing sound check, and he's doing fucking two-hand, eight-finger, like... Sweeping. Yeah, like tap. It's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Incredible. But, but and it's like Rob, we know Rob's capable of doing something just crazy, but he he serves the song. And I'm glad that he didn't come in and try and start doing all this slap bass and all this virtuoso shit. Like he serves the song well for what it needs. And I mean, you got to give him credit for that. Jeff, you're hired. You're in Metallica. You're going to make multi-millions. Just play the top string and shut up. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, you mean I have to do less and I get paid more? Sounds good. <laughs> You're going to play to the biggest crowds in the world and be one of the biggest known musicians in the world. Just play the top string and just don't get in the way of us. <laughs> yeah, just let us do everything and just provide that low end when we need it. Done. Don't worry. You're going to get 11 seconds of spotlight every night. We'll be all good. And we'll make sure that in 10 years you're worth quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> There's still a seat for you every night on the golf stream. You'll be living pretty. <laughs> harvester into a song that's been played just a couple times master of puppets oh man it's almost like i called that one too you did call that a couple weeks ago you called all these we we should listen to jeff winslow more often i i have i have too much of a pipe dream you're more of a a a a realist see and that's why i wasn't being a debbie downer but i you know we're like checks and balances bro that's true you know, I have to, I have to, I have to keep us grounded from time to time. You know, I, I like living in the dream world. I, I think about my dream set all the time. A battery runs off of a positive and a negative. I'm the positive. You're the negative. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting for my world and fucking freight ends of sanity. And Jeff's like, oh, puppets. Here we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shane's water and boy, I'm the oil. <laughs> a lot of oil. You know, what's funny about this is. Unforgiven, Sandman, Puppets, 
we'll get to Seek and Destroy in a little bit. Some of the greatest songs of our lifetime, but it's so much listener fatigue that we're like, ah, shit. <laughs> I think I some think of the greatest the... songs ever, dude, and we're disappointed they're being played live right in front of it's us. Just, it's just that setting. It's just that setting. It's fatigue, though. It's the same as the festivals of summer I went to. Well, what do you expect? I mean, I want to fucking know. hear Trapped, Bread Fan, and Fixer. That's what I fucking want. But I'm and only well. You re- got to hear it I, exactly. And life is complete. But when I think, and you know, everyone's like, Shane, are you going to Las Vegas in February? And I'm like, I don't know because I know what we're going back to. Oh, you know exactly what you're going to hear. We're going back to Memory Moth Ride, Pull Back, Sandman, seek, nothing Rome. else, Sad. Yeah, we ain't getting Bad Seed and Attitude. Oh, no, you're going back to Strictly Hits. They're like, oh, fuck, we're going back to not having to think about this. And when you watch Dirty Window and Bread Fan and Fixer's a bad example because that was a debut, but but Trapped and Hate and Bleeding. Bleeding. Dude, I looked around the bowl that I could see lit up. Everyone is into it. And this is 18,000 people. Yeah, there's a lot of diehards there from from around the world, but there's a lot of casual Metallica fans that I believe were there from the West coast that went to the show. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Wasting my hate, bleeding me. Am I evil? End of the line. Dude, you, you're seeing everyone. Hi, hi, hi. During end of the line. People know the shit. Play some more rare shit every night. I'm not asking for 10 songs to be rare. I'm asking for two to be very rare. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, it's not too much to ask. I mean, after all, they wrote the songs. You'd think that it wouldn't be that hard for them to make sure they know how to play them. And opening up this whole summer and fall with Whiplash, that's not considered a rare song when it's the opener and it's every night. Don't give me that shit. Well, and... There needs to be a window. There needs to be a trap. I don't think Whiplash is a great opener either. I don't either. There needs to be an evil, disappear, trapped, bleeding me two slots a night that's all i'm asking they need to start and if they don't want to get super rare well then start bringing back hits that you don't play anymore i want to hear king in there i want to hear sleeps in there king was great and that's a fucking radio single yeah king sounded great bring Bring back back i disappear hero bitch yeah exactly easy songs but songs that people haven't heard in forever that they want to hear bring back the end of the line i'm not asking for dyers bring back bbs Exactly. At the fucking fight in Dallas. Very disappointed. Eh. Play Injustice for All, the song. I mean, hell, the first minute and a half, you don't even need to play because it's a fucking tape. Yeah, smoke break, bro. Lights are down. Yeah, like, you know me. People want to hear Justice. That's what I wanted to hear in that Harvester slot. I wanted to hear Justice. My favorite song of all time, but don't play Harvester. Play Blackened. Play Play Justice. If you're gonna play a song that you play all the time off of off of fucking right. Injustice for All, don't play Harvest or Blackened. play Blackened. Yep. I knew I was one percent chance. I knew To Live Is To Die was three. I knew Freight Ends was about a ten percent chance. But dude, just throw Blackened in there. Yeah, just put Blackened instead or Injustice for All. Puppets goes into a fade to black tape. Yeah. See, more fucking tapes. I would have been happy with a fight fire. Or the rare occasion of Cthulhu off that record. Ride, I wouldn't just, be happy with. Bells, I wouldn't be happy with. Trapped, we got the night before. Escape, I knew, was about a 2% chance. I was glad that it was Fade over anything else. Okay. 
One of the greatest songs of all time. We all know that. Because I knew there was no chance in hell that it was going to be trapped because I already played that. And I knew there was no chance in hell that it was going to be Escape. And those are the only other two songs off that record that I would have wanted to hear in that slot. So I'm glad that they played. I don't think I would have wanted to hear Fight Fire, honestly. At the end of the night, they're tired. It's a fast song. Rob's Karate Chop. I mean, wah! Exactly. Like, and Cthulhu, I mean, we, we got Orion the first night. I, I said for the 40th, I didn't want any instrumentals, if at all possible. Jeff and Dino, no instrumentals allowed. I like instrumentals. I just didn't want them for that because you have a very select you know, amount of songs that you can play. Sure. Why waste it on an instrumental? I wasn't upset with hearing Orion. It sounded fucking fantastic. It sounded so good. Orion was tight. That's when Lars, it was right after Sanitarium and Brian Silver's like, does Lars have something to prove tonight? I'm like, these songs are fucking in the pocket and heavy. Sanitarium was fucking good too. Entertain our crowd for the next 20 seconds. I have to get a drink because I haven't gotten my throat transplant yet. Well, then, you know, that's, that's how it goes. Shane has to go get a drink because he was busy screaming about Trapped Under Ice and then busy laughing at Mr. Sam Gray for sitting on the toilet during Enter Sandman. Oh, a little taste of the bubbly. You know, you know who says that? A little taste of the bubbly? Who? That's a that's a Chris Jericho thing. So, Mr. Jericho, if you're listening, really? we're paying homage to you. Shane's drinking some bubbly. He's having a little taste of the bubbly. Can you hear it sizzling in my mouth? Hang on. I can. I can. I was, I was letting our listeners know that you're... <laughs> Do that. Bubbly is... The jam. I know we're sponsored by Liquid Death Sparkling Water. But if Bubbly wants to sponsor us, we'll definitely take that. We'll bring Bubbly on too. I've I've pretty much I've hung up the soda and the shitty drinks. The sodas. The sodas, I'm kind of retiring. I'm on this bubbly kick like you can't believe. I mean almost a case a day. Wow. I love bubblies. I think they're delicious. I've always loved sparkling water though. I was never a sparkling water fan until I discovered bubbly. And between, you know, me sitting in a chair all day going 500 miles an hour looking out the window. Yeah. What I kind of call eating out of boredom. And yeah, I ended up drinking a lot of soda out of boredom. It's all bubbly. That's, that's just not good for you. I it's just all bubbly, I, try dude. To, I try to keep it to a bunch of water when I'm not drinking, you know, and I drink some diet soda, so I'm not getting a lot of sugar, but that aspartame ain't good for you either. That shit will kill you. That shit will kill you. That shit will kill you quicker than fucking sugar will. That's what happens when you turn 40. You put the Coke down and you're like, I'm a bubbly man. I'm a bubbly man, yeah, exactly. Ah, thanks for letting me get that. It's one. Yeah, I was less, just. I was le- one less edit I'm gonna have to make in this episode. I was just letting our listeners know that you know the reason why your voice is so dry is you oh. know a combination of screaming like a little girl and laughing so hard at Sam Gray for sitting on the toilet during Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, my voice feels and sounds better than last week. I think it's getting back to normal. It definitely sounds better. For all of our new listeners, my voice is coming back to normal of what you should be used to hearing after 88 episodes, I think. Something like that. Speaking of little girl, I always mix this up with Hannah Montana, but that's not her. Taylor Swift. Tay Swift? T Swift. Metallica took a page out of her book for this 40th anniversary. Are you aware of it? No, I am not. What did they do? Do they owe her money? (laughs) It might be a Q Prime management thing, too. I'm not sure. Oh, God, now I got the sparkling water burps. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
The water burps. Almost, I almost threw up there. <laughs> so what if I almost threw up? So fucking what? <laughs> no, you almost threw up. That doesn't count. So I almost fucking threw up. So what? This watch, five bucks. Five bucks. When we walked into the arena, we got handed a wristband. Not for yeah, a, I noticed that, that. Yeah, they all light up and shit. Yeah, not your floor wristband, but an actual, it said uh, 40 on it, the 40 years of Metallica logo. You ought to see what that looked like for us, the screen, because every time. I bet on TV it would, looked better. Well, the thing is, is because they would show like an aerial view of, oh, cool. of it. And so like. The for whole thing for, just. Yeah, for like one, it the the those lights were going off for the with intro. the yeah, it was. And at first, I was. I look at man, I'm like, look at all those people's cameras. Look at how they're going off. And then I realize, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, those aren't cameras. I'm like, holy shit, because it was like going off in waves and shit. I'm like, this is fucking cool. How that was programmed and activated and coordinated, because all those were handed out at different areas of the arena. I have no idea, but so fucking cool. I'm sure Elon knows. So I think it had like a green, red, yellow, blue light in it, like an LED. Yeah. So during the die, die, the die chant during creep, dude, everyone's wrist was lit up and it looked like a sea of like red blood during the die chant. That's so cool. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this replay that they're going to stream in a few days so I can see some of those details and visuals. I'm pretty sure it's streaming right now. But I think they got the idea from Hannah Montana, a.k.a. T-Swift. That's Miley Cyrus, a.k.a. Hannah Montana. I'm sorry. Tay Swift is just Tay Swift. Why do I combine those two? I can never get those straight. I don't know, because Tay Swift and Miley, like, they're very different. But I, I, I don't know. They're both skinny white blondes with blue eyes. I have a, I have a heavy metal confession to make to the world. Are you ready? You like Tay Swift. I have seen Tay Swift live at U.S. Bank Stadium with my nieces. If she's selling out U.S. Bank, she's doing something right. So I'm guessing it probably wasn't that terrible. When your 9- and 12-year-old niece want to go to the show and their parents are like, eh, we don't know about this, I'm like, I'll take them. I'll check it out. I mean, because this is the thing. Anybody who is a true music fan, even if you don't like the artist, when you go see an artist live, live music's live music, and concerts are fun. Let's be real. You know I'm big into huge production over-the-top shows. Yeah. You know I love that kind of over-the-top stadium, pyro, lasers, crazy shit, off-the-wall shit. 100%, yeah. I knew this would be big. Dude, I'll have to admit to you, her show was fucking probably in the top three all-time show-wise production shows I've ever seen in my life. Over the fucking globe. I'm not... I'm not even going to act like I'm surprised because, again, you don't become her, someone of that level, without doing something that's just fucking out there that's that's going to get people's attention. Obviously, you know, again, if you're selling out U.S. Bank, you probably have a pretty serious production. Every song had some new effect or twist to it where I'm like... Wow. God damn. Never seen like, that before. Imagine the people that are working behind the scenes to keep that show going. If I remember On right, a tour. that was a 50 or 60 semi-truck, 18-wheeler semi-truck kind of show, kind of like a U2 50-truck leapfrog production setup. Just absolutely crazy. It's just nuts. And the scary thing for me, 
I probably knew half of her songs. I'm like, oh yeah, oh. I know this. Oh yeah, I know that one. Oh yeah, I know this one. <laughs> that's 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 how that pop music goes. Is a lot Rocking of us out with my like, nieces, and everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy wearing the binge and purge shirt over here? You're like, don't don't fucking worry about it. I, I know this, this song though. That's right. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> that's awesome. I wish there was video footage of that. You just rocking out. There actually is. Oh shit. There is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text your brother and tell him to send me that footage. I. I think I have the footage myself. Maybe we'll post that soon. Somebody is going to, they're going to want to see that. If you behave for the rest of this episode, maybe I'll send it to you. Hey, that's not too much longer. So I think I got this in the bag. Where were we before we talked about Hannah Montana? Fade. We're on Fade. We're, and we already know what the last song is because he already said it. You gave it away. I'm just kidding. Everybody. Well, we got to go to, we have to go into a song that he's playing a white SG on, a little dick rash. This is true. Yes. Um, I actually tape. I was like, eh, it sounds like the uh, opener for the summer. I wish they would have just closed with that instead of doing Seek. They should have just closed with Whiplash. You know, no, fuck that. They should have closed with the full version of Four Horsemen. That's a good call. I was also thinking maybe, just maybe a No Remorse or a Jump in the Fire. Yeah, Jump in the Fire would have been cool. Phantom Lord, very pushing it. I, yeah, I, know. I did hear somebody, this is funny, because you and I have always thought about Evil and Blitzkrieg being kill em all songs. Yeah. Someone about five guys behind me when I got to that slot was like, Blitzkrieg! <laughs> and you're thinking, all right, who's getting fired? And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> that's a legit guess if you know the extended version of Kill very well. Oh, yeah. I was like, that, just to hear that from somebody else in another it world, be, like, that was that, fucking cool. That would have been cool to hear that for the closing song, because nobody would have expected it. Da, That's da, something we da, would da, do. Da, 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 da. Yeah. We'd close with Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. Let us have peas. Let us have rice. Let us escape this night two set list tonight. Overall, my takeaway from it is that the boys can still jam. Did we say they close with Seek and Destroy for the record? Yes, we did. Yeah. Fade, whip, seek, good night, 40 years later. Drive home safely. As far as the show goes, from what I saw, obviously I wasn't there. Uh, you know, of course, I was hoping for a little bit more, like the 30th. Um, but my takeaway is that the boys can still jam. You know, there's some good stuff there, but I think the boy wants to jam. I think the boy wants to jam. Again, me being, if, if you're positive, I'm negative. The, in all reality, my honest opinion is that the end of the road needs to be sooner than later. I'm going to I'm going to ask you some questions based off of in podcast for all segments over the weeks on end Jeffrey. I, I you know, I wasn't prepared for a test. I didn't study. Well, you just don't do your homework. Hey, I do my homework. It just doesn't work. Uh from our the song that should not be segment with many of our guests. What is your song that shouldn't have been from night 1? And from night two. Uh, night one, sad but true. Night two, enter Sandman. Okay. And this week, I'm going to turn the tables and I'm going to host your version of In Voting for All. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Jeff doesn't like the night off. Jeff doesn't like the work people. He's just going to lay back in the co-pilot seat and enjoy the ride. Yeah, since Shane said I'm so negative. <laughs> <laughs> you run off of a battery exactly a tesla battery this week's and voting for all we have i'm gonna say it, i gotta think how you say it so on this week's and voting for all i'm trying to use your voice and your tone 
Okay. We have the 30th anniversary up against the 40th anniversary. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Last week, last week I said something really stupid, and I could tell you were like, "Nope, that's not gonna fly." I said we're gonna vote on both set lists back to back weeks. That made no fucking sense. I wanted to see if people's opinions changed over a week after coming down from the high. Right. But right. after seeing a seventy-four percent night one this week, I just think we know where people sit. I we know where people sit. <laughs> I I was thinking an eighty to twenty split. We're pretty close there. So this week's in voting for all. The 30th anniversary at the Fillmore, four nights versus two nights at the Chase Center, 40th anniversary. What do you got? Well, let's see. The 30th had Lulu, so that's a big uh, <laughs> down. Um, I gotta go. I still gotta go with 30th though, because there was more. It was what. You would expect it. No, I don't know. No, no, that was a bad way of ex- describing it. It's not what you would expect it to be. It's choose your words carefully, children. Uh, yeah, let me let me choose my. It was what you were hoping it was going to be. Okay. Going into the thirtieth, obviously, I, I wasn't at either one, but just knowing what happened at both, everything that everyone was wishing for, Dave, fucking Jason, Bob. And then to, to even top it off and having Ron and Lloyd and Ozzy and, you know, just all these people. It was everything that people were wishing for. It came true. Now, going into the 40th, everybody had their expectations set high because of the 30th. Correct. And again, you know, not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I, I knew it wasn't going to be like what the 30th was. You could just tell by the way they were setting it up. So I feel... I don't, I don't feel let down because I wasn't expecting it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, you said it perfectly. But I feel like the 30th just, it was, had more of what people were really wanting. You know, the the, the rare shit, the things you're never going to see again. And you know what? Maybe that's why they didn't do it at the 40th because they've already done it. Metallica is not a band. Yeah, maybe with their set list. They, they play the same set list, but they're not a band that just does the same thing over and over. They're always doing something different. And obviously this time, they instead of involving all the people that were influential to them or, or fundamental to their, their existence, sure. uh, they, they gave it to the fans with all the events and everything that was going on. They, they took care of the fans in that regard. So Very well put. I don't know. Now that I'm saying it, now it's hard to pick between the two again. No, that was very well put. That was some. That was some good insight. I still think I, I'd have to go with the thirtieth overall. That's just because you have the hots for Marianne Faithful. Be honest, <laughs> dude. She's a gilf. And Rob Halford. No. <laughs> okay. Just I, I don't have the hots for Rob Halford. Not not today, at least. A fucking metal genius god, but you don't have the hots for him. Don't have the hots for him, but man, the guy can still scream. That was well put. That was philosophy five minutes with Jeff Winslow. Yeah, philosophy 101. You should start like a Winslow University. Yeah, you know, the Winslow. Oh, Jeff, I have a college for you. Hard school of Knox here. Here we go. I just think you're bummed that you missed Kamasi Washington last weekend in San Francisco. That was part, that was one of the events. I actually would have checked him out. Come on. 
legit. Oh boy. Come on, you know I'm into some weird shit. Just to see, just just see what it tastes like. I'm gonna agree with you on voting for all. I gotta go with the thirtieth. I mean, it had Jason and Dave. What more do you need? Bob. And, it, and it wasn't Bob playing the P bass. Yeah. And it wasn't. And people are probably shocked because they know that my night one was absolutely, basically close to my dream no more set list. I mean, just having Fixer and Trapped, I mean, that's that's it right there, dude. Someone posted today that they knew it was a big show because I haven't really mentioned my excitement for Bread Fan that night. That's how much Trapped took over. They're oh, like, yeah, Shane I... didn't go gaga about fucking Bread Fan. That shows you Trapped and Fixer were that big. Well, that's a they're monumental. Like I said, I got goosebumps when they started playing Fixer. The 40th was more, and I think you've said this better than anyone, Is it was about the weekend, the family, the fans, the events. Mm-hmm. The 30th was more, obviously very more intimate in the film work because it only holds 1,000 people. And it was all about the surprise and the guests because even though they played, oh, excuse me, even though they played a lot of hits, you had... Marianne Faithful there to sing Memory. You had Kid Rock there to sing Turn the Page. You mm-hmm. know, you, you, you played all those, those songs. Legendary things. But everything was a surprise. And it was like, holy fuck, that person's in the building tonight. Wow. Yeah, you played Creed. Was, and, you, and you played Harvester. We just ripped on Harvester. But guess what? Newstead played it. Yeah. And that's right there. That, I mean, the, you take the exact same set list that they played both nights at the 40th and you add in maybe a little Dave, a little Jason, a right. little Ron, maybe. You know, just some random people that have influenced them or maybe that have toured with them, have a couple of the guys from Gojira come up there or Lamb of God or, right. or or Sully, you know, have Sully come up and sing Sad But True like he did back in 04. Like, right. that's the type of shit that they should have done for the 40th, in my opinion. And I think easily, just with a few guests of that people would recognize from, like I said, past tours or, or right. whatnot, I think that easily could have taken the 30th just by adding that aspect to the 40th 30th was more intimate four nights and every song you had a surprise aspect 40th was more about the families in san francisco we're gonna play hits that cover our 40-year career that have been monumental and throw in a couple rare ones and bring everyone together still great shows though i mean even though there's some there's there's some sloppy parts but hey that shows exactly like you were saying. It shows they're human. It happens. It, it makes it almost better that it's not just this robotic product that's just stamped out show after show after show. And again, they never do anything twice, which surprised me when they did S&M 2. A total yeah, repeat. With- they, they don't touch anything twice. And when they announced that, I'm like, yeah, badass. Obviously, we're going, but to repeat that that kind of did surprise me when that happened yeah there won't be an snm3 i don't think there'll be a 50th i don't think there should be now we get into the sappy subject they don't sound bad but you can tell that they're they're starting to get old i mean it's just the reality of it i don't want them like i've said before i don't want them to continue playing for fans if they if if, if james is on that same level as vince neal Brett Michaels or or even getting to like how Paul Stanley and the guys in Kiss are. Metallica's music isn't like the Stones. It's not 
you know, those guys, you can jam some classic rock until you're 80 years old, but trying to play thrash metal, trying to play fucking battery at 70 years old, I'm sure they can do it, but I, I don't want to be a selfish fan and say, Hey, I want to see you do something, even though I don't think it's the best that you can do. I want to see them. I think it was smart that Slayer retired when they did. A lot of people don't think so. A lot of, even some of the guys in Slayer think they retired too soon. They retired when they still sounded good. Lars, you're 80 years old. Play Damage Inc. Exactly. Like I I want them to retire when they still sound good. Cause right now, yeah, there was some sloppiness here and there and you can tell, but they still sound fucking good. You know what I mean? And being there live, still fucking amazing. Exactly. Still goosebump moments for me. I want them to go out on top. I don't want to see them, you know, and I think if they wait until the 50th, I think that's pushing it. I really do. I, I, they need to do an album. And then instead of doing this ridiculous three year world tour, I say they do a short world tour and then a badass farewell. And then that's where they just, they really go all out. I have a part two doing voting for all, and then we'll close out the night. And right. Voting for all. Have we heard fixer once and it's already been put to bed? Will we hear it again? Yes or no. Uh, under the condition, if it's a farewell tour, yes. If it's a farewell show, no. I'm going to say no for both. I think if they do a full farewell tour, like a full-on like world tour, I think in one time, maybe you might hear it. I don't think you're going to get kind of that set list on a farewell. I think, I think Fixer has become Escape, one and done. Fair enough. Just like my throat. Jab another put it, pin. <laughs> put it this way: I won't be surprised if it never gets played again. How about no, that? I, I feel like it's not going to happen again. I think it was a one and done. We are one of eighteen thousand people that heard it, and that's been put to bed. Now we have to choose another song to obsess over to fucking hope they play it live someday. What would it be? Astronomy. I agree with you on that. Astronomy or Mama said they've played Mama. But like, I actually want to like, like full band. Yeah, he played, like, he played that, that on Jules Holland, I think. Yeah, James played it by himself. You want the full version? I want the full version. I want Kirk to come out with a fucking lap steel. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Mama and astronomy. I just call it astro. Those those would be probably the top ones that I would have to pick. I'm with astronomy. Astronomy would be fucking amazing. I can't think of anything else that hasn't been played live that people would go nuts for. I love her, man. Look at this. We're talking about covers. At some point, there's not many else. I'd rather hear Astronomy over Ronnie. When's the last time we had three in voting for alls in one week? We're gonna be we're gonna be busy with the polls. Get your get your ballots ready, people. Get your hanging get chads you. out of there. As as the the Rolling Stones said, get your yayas on. Wild, wild horses. <laughs> um, wow, that, that's that's all right. It's Christmas time, so and it's and and New Year's, so we're kind of giving them, you know, this Christmas New Year's. Hey, some extra gifts, some, some extra, extra New gifts. Year's, some 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 extracurricular activities and voting and ballots, courtesy even of, ga- of Shane and Jeff and Podcast for all. And we even gave them a semi-long episode just 
That's a long uh, one. It is a long talking one. Talking about know, a set are, list. Who thought you could talk an hour and 40 minutes about a piece of paper? Uh, let's just go back to our Dream No More set list segments. True. <laughs> they ended up being the whole episode. I remember <laughs> we did our intro, jumped into Dream No More, and it took up the whole entire the whole episode. And then we were back. done. That was fun. I'd love to do that. At least I'd, I'd like to bring it back and do it like maybe like once a month, like every, right. every once in a while, like have a guest and say, all right, you're the random guest this month. We want you to put together a dream. No more sell us. I'd actually like to put together a new one. As we head into season seven, I think we should uh, make that option available on podcast for all at gmail.com. Tell us what you want to do. You, the fan come on the show, drive the discussion, make your version two of your dream. No more set list. I think you and I should make a new one, and we should make one from like, like a period, an era specific. Era. That's a good idea. We just thought about it on the fly. I'm I'm all for it. Like justice or or puppets or black or I mean it doesn't matter, but just to do a a, a that album only or like that tour. No, that that era, that era. So like okay. eighty six, eighty seven, and or whatever we pick. You know what I mean? I think it would be really cool to. So an eighty six era. So justice isn't even on the table. Well, if we do 86, but if we end up doing 88 or end up doing, you know, 91 or whatever it may be. So you could seriously say, all right, Shane, it's 1983. What's your dream no more set list? Yeah. If you go see Metallica in 1983, knowing what they play. What's Sucking the... my love. <laughs> Mechanics. That's the shit that would be on there. It's funny. Nico Valdez, he posted something, I think, uh, about uh, what's your favorite Metallica cover. I think he posted that on Facebook. And someone commented, Mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Oh, man, I was rolling. I was great like, that answer, is awesome. Man. That oh, is awesome. <laughs> that is great. Good Lord. Uh, shout out to them. Dude, Season 6, Episode 12. This is Part 2 of our Part 3 series of the 40th anniversary. Unlike Last Caress, I don't have anything to say. That's a wrap. That's That's a wrap. wrap. Until next time. Until episode 13 of season six, I will see you, as Lars would say, very fucking soon. Good night for Metallica. See ya. See ya, man. Later.
Sucks. <laughs> <laughs>